0: It's so good to finally be with you in this way. Last week, we talked about two stories of healing, and we reflected on all the different ways that Jesus works for healing in our lives, not just physically, but emotionally and relationally and spiritually. And this morning, we have another story of healing. But this time, instead of Jesus being the one who's doing the healing, we're the ones who are sent to heal. It comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 7 to 13, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. He called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey, except a walking stick. No bread, no bags, no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. And if a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. And they cast out many demons and they anointed people with olive oil and healed them word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I am not going to let Jesus be my trip planner. He seems awful at it. Pack your suitcase and then completely unpack it. Now you are ready to go. This seems like terrible advice. I would be prone to just skip it, except this is one of our core texts of discipleship. To follow Jesus is to be people who are sent into the world with good news and the ability to heal. That's who we are. My early religious upbringing as a Baptist put a high emphasis on this. My parents were missionaries in the Philippines and Indonesia, and when we came back, we saved our pennies for the annual Lottie Moon offering. Lottie Moon was a missionary who served in China for 40 years, from 1873 to 1912. We told her story every year, along with the stories of other missionaries who did amazing things. To follow Jesus, I was taught, is to be people who are sent with good news and healing. It's just that simple. Or is it? I think this text is more complicated than it seems at first. Because the core part is not actually about being Sent. The core part, if we look at the middle, focuses on being welcomed, being dependent on someone else. Can you imagine taking off on a trip just trusting that whatever you need will be taken care of by someone else? When I was in Tacoma, I met a couple who had traveled all the way across the United States hitchhiking and dumpster diving. They had the best stories. But I am never going to do that. Can you imagine? They relied on the hospitality of others. They were utterly vulnerable. It is so much easier to travel when we are in control of the details. I am the planner in our family, so I'm the one who keeps track of the exact flight times, the details of the rental car, the locations of the hotels, and our itinerary for each and every day. I love that illusion of control. There was one trip I took where I wasn't in control. My best friend in seminary had been a Peace Corps volunteer in the Dominican Republic. She invited me to come with her to visit this tiny village on the north side of the Dominican Republic. Now beyond counting to ten, buenos dias and adios, I do not speak Spanish. I was going to be entirely dependent on her and beyond that there was no agenda to speak of we were going to get there and just visit with people now my friend is not a radical hippie traveler like that couple in Tacoma she loves control and details as much as I do But she prepared for this trip by just trusting that whatever we needed would be provided by the people of this village. And so we went. And I spent a week having my every need met. Being welcomed by people with whom I couldn't even communicate. Offered the best seats and given cup after cup after cup of hot coffee in the heat. I was fed and cared for. It was a whole new experience for me. It ran counter to all of my instincts. My instincts to take care of myself. To be in control. I think these Instincts towards control are even more emphasized when we as Christians go to do mission, whether that is domestically or internationally. The primary paradigm for helping others is that we have something they need, and we are here to bring it to them. This is the logic of colonialism. We have civilization and we are going to bring it to you whether you like it or not. We have something they need and we are going to provide it. This story of being sent with good news and healing can go that way. It can be read that way. But if we take the middle part seriously, it kind of turns things inside out. Go, it says, and just be vulnerable. Just depend on other people. Healing will unfold from there. Not because of what you bring, but because of what you don't bring. This alternate paradigm for service is alive and well in some corners. We have missionaries in our own congregation who have gone and just listened. And a lot of our international partnerships work this way, where we receive far more Than we give. And I think that part, that receiving more than we give, is really important. Go with good news, says Jesus. But remember, vulnerability precedes healing, we receive more than we give. One of my favorite books I've read this year is called Braiding Sweetgrass. It's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Maybe you've had a chance to read it, too. It's a book of reflections by a Native American scientist, a botanist, on the ways that scientific knowledge and indigenous wisdom overlap and intersect and can speak to one another. And one of the themes she returns to again and again is that of reciprocity with the earth. Her story of recognizing reciprocity with the earth begins with wild strawberries on a Sunday morning in the summer. And realizing that these are just a free gift from the earth that bring her delight and nourishment for her family, and become the base of countless gifts to others. To live on this earth is to just be showered with blessings that we do nothing to earn. While the earth needs right now as many technical solutions as we can bring to it, we will not live in harmony with the earth until we receive and acknowledge and lean on those gifts that the earth gives. Go, says Jesus, with good news. But remember dependence and vulnerability precede healing. Dependence and vulnerability precede healing. And we've been talking about that on these big macro levels, mission theory and climate change and care for the earth. But this is true in our most daily, intimate interactions. Vulnerability precedes healing. In talking about this text with me, my friend Ben told me just a little story It reminded him of this dynamic. He was out for a drink with a friend of his, a new friend. They barely knew one another. And the friend said, here, let me buy you a drink. And Ben said, sure, I'll get the next one. Because that's just what you do, right? But his friend reacted with something close to anger. He said, no. No. It's not tit for tat. It's not about you getting me back. Just let me do this thing for you. Ben accepted, but it made him uneasy. Even in just this little way, he was now in debt to his friend. It made the power dynamics uncomfortable. It made him vulnerable. But in that vulnerability, a beautiful friendship was born. A friendship that came over the years to contain healing for both of them. And Ben thinks this beginning was essential that vulnerability precedes healing. It comes before real relationship. So Jesus gives us this mission to go out and be people of healing and good news in the world. But we can only work towards someone else's healing if we are open to the possibility that we might be changed in the process. Tremendous healing can take place in friendships and intimate relationships. But if we're going to believe Jesus, then it only starts with vulnerability, with saying, Here's what I need. Here's where I'm broken. Here's how I'm searching beginning that way allows the other person to resonate, to offer their own gifts, and together, together, discover healing and liberation and wholeness. We are sent to share the good news and to heal. And it starts with vulnerability. So I wonder... What's vulnerable for you? What do you need? Is there something you need to share? Is there a story you need to be heard? What do you need? Do you need help or rest or just a meal that you don't have to fix for yourself? you need what are you traveling without how is that an invitation to real relationship can you imagine making a need known and receiving help from someone else first Here's what Jesus promises. When we do that, when we go out with vulnerability and need, when we get really brave and weighed into relationships, not from a position of power and control, but from a place of openness and vulnerability, then Christ's healing takes root and grows, and blossoms, and produces the fruit of healing for us all. For that, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you came as nothing more powerful than an infant. Open our hands and our hearts. Teach us to lead, not with strength, but vulnerability. Work your healing among us. We pray this in your name. Amen.